Bibles with me to Joel chapter number two. Joel is back, so we are going to read the book of Joel. Is that all right? Okay, Joel chapter two. We are going to read from verse 12 to verse 40. Can you hear me? Give me a little bit of volume in mind. I can't hear myself. Joel chapter 2, verse 12 to 14. Bible says that, Now therefore says the Lord, Tend to me with all your heart, with fasting, with weeping, and with mourning, to rend your heart and not your garment. Return to the Lord your God, for he is gracious and merciful, slow to anger and of great kindness. He relents from doing harm. Who knows if he will turn and relent and leave a blessing behind him, a grain offering and a drink offering for the Lord your God. Here ends the reading of his holy word. Thanks be to God. Now, the people had sinned and had had a lot of drought and the um, prophet came and said to them, this is the time for you to rend your hearts and not your garment. Because the people were righteous or they seemingly looked righteous and they liked to show off their righteousness going to church every time. But their hearts were not clean. So the, the, the prophet said to them that rend your hearts and not your garment. This is the time to draw near. This is the time to restore your relationship with God. If you're looking for a subject a title for our, our, our service today is restoration of our relationship with God, restoring our relationship with God. It's very important that our relationship with God is constantly under review. Uh, am I talking to somebody? It's very important that we, we always check our relationship with God. We always try to assess ourselves. The Bible says, or Jesus said to, uh, uh, to his disciples, if you judge yourself, you will not be judged. Hallelujah. If you consistently uh, assess your relationship, where we are with God, then we will not be judged. Then we will be right in the sight of God. Never ever get complacent with God. One day Jesus was preaching and he said that uh, two people went to the temple to preach, to pray. One of them went and said, Lord, I thank you that I'm not a sinner. I thank you that all the, the goods that you bless me with, I pay my tithe. I, I, I go to church. I fast twice a week. I, 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 and I don't steal, I don't rob, I don't kill. I don't do anything that bad people do. Like this guy standing next to me. I am not a sinner. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, the Lord. And the other guy stood and would not even lift up his head. And he said, Lord, be merciful to me, a sinner. And Jesus said, that which one of these two do you think went out of the presence of God justified or closer to God? It is the one who knew where he was in relationship with God. And so he, he, he rendered his heart and not his garment. The first guy was all about the garment, but the second guy was about his, the heart with God. Hallelujah. And today I came to tell all of us that it is time for us to rend our heart and not our garment. It's time for us to turn to God, our, our Savior. Turn to God with, uh, I know you are Christians. I know you are, you are believers. I know you are not bad people. The things you used to do, you do them no more. How many are like that? 
you know. But in James chapter 4, go to James chapter 4 with me. James chapter 4 will tell us that even though we think we are righteous, there is something that we need to be doing. Amen. James chapter 4 verse 4, he says that adulterers, adulterers and adulteresses, do you not know that friendship with the world is enmity with God? Whoever is therefore wants to be a friend of the world makes himself an enemy of God. All of us are friends with the world. Isn't it? Because we live in the world. We relate with people in the world. All our relationships from work Monday through to Sunday, Saturday is with people of the world. When I say people of the world, don't, please don't misunderstand what I'm saying. We are not talking about bad people. We are talking about everyday people. Are you with me? And in this scripture, the Bible is saying that if we become friends with everyday people, we become enemies with God. So we start at a disadvantage. Am I talking to somebody? We start from a place where we are enemies with God just by living. The Bible talks about Lot. Lot was a, a, a guy who was a, 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 a nephew to Abraham who had become friends with God. So God had blessed Abraham and all his family and his household, which included Lot. So Lot was a blessed man. Am I talking to somebody? Lot was a man of covenant with God. But Lot lived in Sodom. Lot lived in Gomorrah, which was a place filled with sin, a place filled with bad people. And because of that, the Bible said that the lifestyle of the people vexed his very soul and made his soul sinful. And so he became an enemy to God. Just not by sinning himself, but just being in company with people who the, the James chapter 4 verse 4 describes as friends of friendship with the world made him an enemy to God. Read on the next verse. Or do you think scripture says without reason that he jealously longs for the spirit he, caused, he has caused to dwell in us, but he gives more grace that is why the scripture says, God opposes the proud but shows favor to the humble. Hallelujah. He gives grace to the humble. Next verse. Therefore, submit to God. Somebody say, submit to God. Submit to God. Resist the devil and he will flee from you. Verse 8. Come near to God. Somebody say, come near to God. Draw near to God and he will draw near to you. Cleanse your hands, you sinners, and purify your hearts, you double-minded. Hallelujah. Grieve, mourn, and wail. Change your laughter into mourning and your joy into gloom. Humble yourselves before the Lord and he will lift you up. Hallelujah. You know, this scripture that we are reading, it, 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 it takes humility to, in all your self-righteousness, think and believe that you are short, you are falling short of God's glory. Am I talking to somebody? It takes, it takes a lot of humility to say that even though I think I am doing well with my relationship with God, I need to understand that I have fallen off. Because the Bible says that our righteousness are as filthy as rags before him. And God even opposes us when we, we begin to feel too comfortable, too righteous in his presence. Am I talking to somebody? When we begin to have this 
complex that we are better than people. We are better than these people. We are more spiritual than this person. We are more prayerful than these people. We are more, you know, we are above. We and God have breakfast together every morning. When we come to that place, then we become so proud. And we get to a place where God cannot relate with us. Because what happens is that even in our day-to-day relationships that we have, it, it, makes, it makes our hands dirty. It makes our, our life dirty before God. Amen. And I read somewhere in, in, in Psalm 24 that who shall ascend to the hill of the Lord? Who shall come to the presence of the Lord? He who has clean hands. He who has clean hands. He who has not sworn to deceitfulness. His heart is pure. That is the person that is allowed to to come close to God. That is the person that is allowed to have a a certain relationship with God. Am I talking to somebody? And and so we, we need to understand that all of us need to have our relationship restored. You know, this month we are talking about restoration of the family. Is, is that right? Restoration of the family, restoration of our relationship with our friends, our loved ones, and everything. But I, said, I want to say something that you can never restore your relationship with your wife, your husband, your father, your mother, your sister, your cousin, and aunties, and all, all the rest of them without having a closer relationship with God. We know we, 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 there's something we teach in marriage counseling. And, and it's like you and your spouse or you and the person you're intending to marry are like opposite edge, opposite sides of a straight line. Okay? Opposite sides. So let's say you are on the right, your intended or your spouse is on the left. And God is at the top of that line, in the middle, at the top of that line. So the closer both of you draw to God, the closer you get to each other. The further you move away from God, the wider you... Can you put a a, a triangle? Can you find a triangle on there for me? So if God is at the apex in the middle, and you are on this side, your spouse is on that side, the closer you move towards God the closer you come towards each other. Am I talking to somebody? The further you move away from God, the further you move apart. Hallelujah. So we cannot talk about relationships. We cannot talk about, you know, becoming closer to each other without first fixing our relationship with God. Because that is the the basis of any um, relational, relational talk that we will have. Am I making sense? The relational talk starts with our getting closer to God. Am I talking to somebody? And because we live in the world, it is so difficult for us not to see, feel, and hear the things that vex our righteous soul where God is concerned. Am I talking to somebody? Sometimes the conversation has nothing to do with you. But by the time they finish, you don't feel like praying anymore. How many have had that? Somebody called you. You were having your quiet time. Somebody called you. After they finished calling, talking to you, you didn't feel like praying anymore. You didn't feel like reading the Bible anymore. Your, your, you know, there are some phone calls I avoid picking when I am in a meeting with God. It doesn't matter 
how urgent or how many times a person ring, I won't pick. Because I know by experience that as soon as I finish talking to that person, that uh, meeting I'm having with God will be aborted. How many know what I'm talking about? I'm not talking about uh, uh, you know, bad people. I'm talking about people. Some, some of them are pastors. They are my friends, but they are pastors. But I know that by the time I finish talking to them, I won't feel like reading anymore. You see? So God is at the top. You are at the, uh, the bottom right. Your spouse is at the bottom left. The closer you get to God, the closer you draw to each other. Hallelujah. And the thing with God is that God is, how many remember the, the, the story in Luke chapter 15, the prodigal son? The prodigal son is a, is, is a story that relates with God and us. The father was always sitting out, looking outside in anticipation to the prodigal son returning. The father had set the stage hoping that the prodigal son will return. Are you getting it? But for the prodigal son to return, he had to come to himself. Are you getting what I'm saying? And decide that how many, look at my state. I've drifted so far away from home. I've drifted so far away from my father. Now I'm eating with pigs. Sometimes as Christians, we drift away from God. And we don't even realize. We are busy in church. We are busy doing all the ministry and all the things that we are doing, but we have drifted and we don't even know it. Am I talking to somebody? Sometimes it looks like you are very busy for God, but even in your busyness for God, you have drifted away from him. Like the prodigal son, you have gone far. It has to come to a place where you decide that, hey, now I'm eating with pigs. Bible says that he came to himself and he asked the question. How many of my father's hired servants have food enough to eat and I am languishing in this place? This is what I'm going to do. I'm going to rise and go to my father. And when I get to my father, I'll say to my father, Father, I've sinned. Look for that scripture. It's in Luke chapter 16. 15, sorry. Father, I've sinned and I've fallen short. I'm no longer worthy to be called your Son, make me as one of the servants. And the, the father said, no, 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 no. Bring the, the best uh, robe, put it on him. Get a gold ring, put it on him. For this my son was lost and now has been found. Amen. Bible says that God commended his love towards us in that while we were yet sinners, Christ died for us. Jesus set up, God set up Jesus to pay the price. That's why when the, the choir was singing the songs, like he, he had paid the price. Long on Calvary. So that it gives us the platform to be able to come to him. Am I talking to somebody? It, it helps us to come to him. You know, the Bible says, and when the father saw the son afar off, he ran. To meet him. Hallelujah. Am I talking to somebody? Our friendship with the world is a continual source of rift between us and God. And God expects us to take the first step. Amen. Always take the first step. Make it a habit that you always come to that place where you say to yourself, am I right with God? 
I am drifting. The joy of the, my salvation is being lost. It is time for me to reconnect back to God. Maybe I'm going off. Maybe my life is not pleasing God the way it ought to. This is the time for me to go closer to God. Am I talking to somebody? Hebrews chapter 10 verse 19. Bible says, therefore, brothers and sisters, since we have confidence to enter the most holy place by the blood of Jesus, because God had given us the avenue to be able to enter back into the presence of God through the blood of Jesus, by a new and a living way, open for us through the curtain that is his body, since we have a great priest over the house of God. Let us draw. Somebody say, let us draw. Let us draw near with a true heart of full assurance of faith, having our hearts sprinkled from evil conscience and our bodies washed with pure water. Amen. You see, all these things are showing us that we need to take the initial step. God will not take the step for us. Let us go. Let us draw. Draw nigh to me and I will draw nigh to you. Cleanse your heart, which means that God will not cleanse our heart for us. God will not just bring us close to himself automatically. We need to take that step. Am I talking to somebody? What verse am I? Verse 23. Let us hold on swervingly to the hope we profess for he who promised is faithful. Amen. He who has promised is faithful. And let us consider how we may spare one another toward love and good deeds. How we need to encourage one another to the right things. That is why it's very important to, for us as a church occasionally to, to preach this sermon again. That it's time for us to draw closer. It's time for us to draw. Because even as a church, sometimes the whole church backslides and doesn't even know it. And we are still doing all that we do. Especially in, the, in these modern day churches where it is all about the blessings we can receive from God. It's all about the prophecies that we need. It's all about the word that God has for us. It's all about the blessings that God gives us. It's all about all those things. All, it's like we have made, somebody said that we have made the dessert the main course meal. How many know what desserts are sweet? Isn't it? Some, I know somebody in this room that likes cheesecake. But how many know that when you eat cheesecake cake every day, man, morning, afternoon, evening, it won't be very good. Hallelujah. Oh, let me preach my message. Alfred, are you with me? Me and you. I think Alfred, I have one over you. <laughs> yeah. Hallelujah. Am I talking to somebody? Let, let, let us, it's, it's time for us to, 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 to come closer, come closer, draw closer to God. Amen. It's time for us to take the first step to draw closer. It, it's amazing, but God is such a God that when you become aloof, he also becomes aloof. When you become dodgy towards him, he also becomes dodgy towards you. 
When you become sincere towards God, God becomes sincere towards you. It's time for us to stop pretending. It's time for us to stop playing Christianity. It's time for us to stop faking it. Let us become it. Otherwise, there's no point. Am I talking to somebody? Otherwise, there's no point. Who are you trying to impress anyway? Guess what? We are not impressed. <laughs> Hello? You are trying to impress everybody. You are such a powerful Christian brother, Christian sister. We are, we are not impressed. You know, as a pastor, I've come to see there are a lot of people that they look so spiritual. They look so, you know, we even recommend some to be for marriage and everything. But as the day they marry the spouse, then the spouse will see the true person. And now that they come to the pastor and say, Pastor, you are a liar. You have given me this Jezebel to marry. Meanwhile, we see that person as an angel. Because she's so quiet. She's so gentle, you know. She looks like an angel, talks like an angel, behaves like an angel. But they, that angelic behavior is only for Sunday morning. Now that you have taken her home, she takes the angel's garment off and hangs it on the hanger. Then the real person comes out. When the real person comes, <laughs> when the real person comes, hey, somebody say, Pastor, before I say one, she has said five. And when I'm, she will shout at me, shut up. Hey, he's like, oh, honey, I'm hungry. You're hungry, so what? Where are your hands? Oh, but I, shut up. Hey, brother pastor, is that the one you recommended? Hallelujah. That is why divorce, the rate of divorce is increasing in the church. In fact, sometimes it's better to marry in a nightclub or in a crack house than to marry from the church. Because at least in the crack house, you know what you are getting. In a nightclub, you know you are getting disco fever. <laughs> but you come to the church and you expect to marry an angel and you get the club diva. Hey! We had this sister in the church. She had two phones. One was for Christians and the other was for, for the other people. So when you call the number... Oh, God bless you. Unfortunately, you have missed me. Uh, have a pleasant day. The Lord bless you. May the Lord cause his favor to shine on you. Hey, that's the, the voice message. Then on the other one, that's for the church folks. On the other phone, when you call the other phone, that one is different. And we, the, the past, we're, we're considering making her a pastor. Because she had dribbled all of us. Dribbled all of us. We thought that this is, this is a proper pastor. Until 
somebody made a mistake and gave the other phone number to us. And we called. Yes. That was when we realized that, hmm. Who are you when no one is watching? I say, who are you when no one is watching? Let the church say amen. Let the church say amen. God has spoken. Let the church say amen. Hallelujah. Am I talking to somebody? Listen, we are not in the theater. We are not on the acting stage. Stop acting Christian. There is no payment for acting Christian. Hallelujah. Be real. Be real. Be true to who you are. So that when you need help, it can be administered. Am I talking to somebody? Yeah. That's how come when people get married, you see their true personality. Because marriage has a way of drawing your real self out. Whether you like it. Your your spouse knows how to draw the real you. If you're an abusive person and you have always been pretending, wait till you get married. The temptation to abuse will be presented. If you are somebody who always beats and fights. Wait till you're married. <laughs> Somebody will, will start bringing that thing out of you. Am I talking to something? Somebody. One thing that we must know is that there is a deeper, higher, and a better place in God than we have attained. And for us to go to that next step, for us to go to that next level with God, we need to rent our hearts. We need to come to a place where we, we get to know that God sees where no man sees. Amen. In, in uh, uh, Hebrews chapter 4 verse 13, the Bible says that the one with whom we have to do, he sees, God sees where no man sees. There is nothing that is hidden. Or creature that is, is, is hidden away from his sight. But all things are opened and naked to the eyes of him with whom we have to do. It's open. He sees. He sees when no one's, one is seen. When you hide under your duvet, he sees you. <laughs> I'm not going to say those things. I don't want problems. Amen. Let's, let's go on before I get into trouble. Pastor Gloria wants to get me in trouble. <laughs> yeah. It's time for us to understand that we give account to God. And his eyes are not shut. You know, the psalmist says that even if I make my bed in hell, there he is with me. If I mount the wings of the eagle and I fly to the highest point of the earth, even there, God is there. Where can I hide from God? There is no place. Hallelujah. 
So it, it, it's time for us to give up the pretense. Hallelujah. Am I talking to Christians? It's time for us to give up the pretense and draw closer. Like the prodigal son, come to God. Yes, I know you have come to God in part. But it's time to come to God totally. You know, so, so, the, the, the uh, Lot's wife left Sodom and Gomorrah with Lot. But her heart was in Sodom. So as she took a few steps, she kept trying to look back. And the husband kept shouting, don't look back. Nobody look back. Let's keep going. Let's keep going because we want to get closer to God. Let's keep going. At a point, she could not resist it. So she turned back. And the Bible says when she turned back, she became a pillar of salt. Hallelujah. It's time for us to go all the way with our heart. Hallelujah. Most of us, our struggle at home, our struggle with our relationship, our marriage, our struggles with our children, is because we are not true. You know, children don't know much, but they know when you are not real. Um, am I? Yeah. They, don't, they may not know much, but they know when you are not true. They know when you are, you are a hypocrite. They know. If you want to see how, how spiritual a pastor is and how truthful a pastor is, watch their children. As their children are growing up, the behavior of their children is what the father is and the mother is. <laughs> yeah, because monkey see, monkey do. You don't like what I'm saying? Monkey see, monkey do. See, because we, we know how to give all the jargons, the spiritual language. We know the, the scriptures. We know how to preach. We know how to do all the spiritual things in church. But at home, who we are, the children don't learn what we tell, we tell them. They learn what we do. Hallelujah. So if you're not prayerful, the children will not be prayerful. If you don't read the scriptures at home, the children will not read the scriptures at home. And they'll grow the way you are. In spite of all your accreditations, they won't grow by most reverend, doctor, bishop, archbishop. No, no, no. They'll grow. That's how come normally in the university, when the children leave home to go to universities, the pastor's children, they are the worst in the place. How many know what I'm talking about? They are, they are the ones that misbehave, behave the, the worst. Why? Because now they are free to live the duality that they see. The same people, when they see their parents or they see people around, they, they switch back to Christianity. Hallelujah. Am I talking to somebody? The way you are looking at me, you are making me nervous. Amen. So let's look at a few steps that we can use to draw closer to God. Number one, make a decision today to draw closer to God. That's, your, that's you and I. Our first decision is that this is the time for us to draw closer. This year, let us draw to, closer to God ourselves. 
I, I quoted the scripture. I'm going to read it. Second uh, Samuel 22, 26 to 27. He says that to the, with the merciful, you will show yourself merciful. With the blameless man, you will show yourself blameless. With the pure, you will show yourself pure. And with the devious, with the devious or the dubious, you will show yourself shrewd. If you are dubious, you know what the dubious mean? You are shady. If you are shady, God is going to show himself shady to you. Amen. So like the prodigal son, let us draw closer to the, the house. Go back home. Decide to go closer to God. Am I talking to somebody? It's time for us to decide to go back home. Once you decide to go home, don't just go home, but go deeper. Somebody say, I'm going to go deeper. We must understand that, that to walk with God closely requires our, our rendering, the rendering of our hearts. Breaking our hearts down. Breaking our pride. Breaking ourselves. Humbling ourselves to go closer. Hallelujah. Break the, all the, you know, pride that we have built up. See, sometimes being prayerful makes us very proud. Over the years, over the years, I've seen people who are like, you know, the prayer warriors. How many know the prayer warriors? Those who pray in the garden. How many of the prayer warriors have you seen become pastors? Very few. Do you know why? Because the prayer warriors develop a certain pride that makes them unuseful. Because they become so proud and they ask for me, I talk to God every morning. I know, you know, God speaks to me first than anybody. Those people, God doesn't, God doesn't use them. You know, because they don't have, their hearts are not breakable. Say that God likes a contrite heart and a broken spirit. He will not resist. Are you with me? A contract heart, a broken spirit. God cannot, God will just accept you. But a heart that comes in arrogance. You know, when you have this, uh, um, what's the word? I'm looking for a word. This is like, um, somebody give me the English language. Entitlement. You know what it means? When you feel entitled. I feel entitled to come to the presence of God. Father, in the name of Jesus, you feel entitled. Do you get it? Sometimes when my children want something from me and they barge into my room, like they do all the time, just like opening my door without knocking, Daddy, I want, I'm not giving it to you. <laughs> hey, I've got it in somebody's bedroom. <laughs> I am in somebody's bedroom. Yo! <laughs> because for me, it, feel, it feels entitled. Why should I give it to you? What work have you done for me? You couldn't even knock my door. You didn't even say, good morning, daddy, how are you? No. I need. 
get out of the, the room and shut the door. And that is me, a human being. So can you imagine some of us, the, the way we approach God? Father, in the name of Jesus. I need. Shut up and go and sit somewhere. Hallelujah. Am I talking to somebody? No. Jesus was teaching his disciples to pray. And he said, that when you go, say, our Father, which art in heaven, hello be thy name. Extol God's virtue. Worship him. Scratch his back first. Before you go, give us this day. You don't start the Lord's prayer with give us this day. But today, Christians, we start to give us this day. And then when we are finishing, we say, Thine is the kingdom, the power and the glory, and then we are gone. How many know what I'm talking about? The arrogance, the self-entitlement that we, we, we approach God with. It, it makes, it puts him off us. Hallelujah. Jeremiah chapter 4 verse 3. The Bible says that, For thus says the Lord to the men of, of the church, men of Judah, and to, and to Jerusalem, Break your fallow ground, and do not sow among tongues. Amen. It is time for us to remove the stones in our hearts. The stones in the ground. Don't even think about sowing until the stones are removed. It takes somebody who is self-aware to be able to know that my heart is full of stones. I have some self-entitlement. I have some self-pride in, inside of me. One of the things that my father taught me as a young person, young person growing up, one lesson I'll never forget. One day, we're about to go to school. And, uh, you know, my, I have a, an elder brother who's a few uh, months older than me. And he is very careless. It's like you give him a brand new shoe. As soon as you give him the shoe, he takes the old one off. He puts the new on, on and he goes to play football with it. He will even go and even when he's having his bath, he can easily have the bath with the shoe. He, that's, he's very careless like that. And for me, I was very, very, you know, when I get a shoe, I look after it. I will polish it. If I want to play football, I take it off and I go and play football, come back, you know. So my shoes obviously lasted longer than my brother. And I realized that anytime my brother goes to my dad, it's like my shoes are torn. I need new shoes. Then my father will give new shoes. Meanwhile, my, I'm still using the old one. He has gone through two shoes, and I already, I'm still on the first one. He has gone through two. So one day, I, uh, okay. So he went, he went to my dad and asked for new shoes and was given the new. So I also took a blade and I cut, you know, the strap of the shoe. It was a sandal. I cut it. In my childish wisdom, I cut it. Then I also went to my dad and said, see, me to my shoes are torn. Can I have new shoes? I've never received beatings like that before. <laughs> yeah. 
And I learned the lesson that you are not entitled. There is nothing that you are entitled to. Everything you receive is by grace. Am I talking to somebody? Everything we receive is by grace. Let us stop this self-entitlement lifestyle as Christians. Am I talking to somebody? So remove those things so that if you sow, the seeds, the, the harvest that will come out will be good harvest. Am I talking to somebody? Yeah. It's time for us to go deeper. Number two, the way for us to go deeper, take, so the first one is rid yourself from the thorns and sow the, the, the rice seeds inside of you. Number two, become prayerful. Prayer is a direct communication with God. Any relationship grows with communication. How many know that? You know, from next week when we start talking about relationship, one of the pillars on which any relationship sits on is communication. Somebody say communication. You will only get to the place of marriage through communication. It's not through sex. Don't get nervous. It's going to get hotter from next week. <laughs> next week, we are going to change the whole place. It won't look like church. It will look like a bedroom or a living room so that we can talk freely. Am I talking to somebody? Oh, you don't like it. We'll, we'll let the children stay in their room and they sing songs so that we can be free. Hallelujah. Yeah. Communication is what develops in the relationship. Without communication, there's no relationship. So a Christian who doesn't pray does not have a relationship with God. And communication is a two-way thing. If you speak, you have to hear. You have to listen. You see, for us, the religious uh, uh, religion has taught us that anytime we come to pray, we must be talking. But that's not Christianity. Sometimes in our closet, when we go to pray, we start the prayer and keep quiet and hear from God. It's also prayer. Are, are, are you listening to me? You know, when you take the phone, the phone has a, a, a receiver and a sender, a transmitter and a receiver. So when you are talking, you are transmitting. But when you are receiving, it gets to a place, you shut up and you listen. Because that is what communication is, is all about. But for us, in our arrogance, every time we are talking, you see when I say self-entitlement, this is part of it. Every time you go to God, you are talking. You are not the only one who has something to say. God also has something to say to you. And the only way you will hear what God is saying is by keeping quiet. There's a scripture that says, let the earth be silent before him. Learn to be quiet sometimes to hear what the spirit of God is saying to you. Am I talking to somebody? Hello? Yeah. Don't just go every time, jabba, 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 jabba. So some of us, we don't pray at all. We only pray in church. How can you develop a relationship with God when you only pray on Sundays? It's like you want to develop a relationship with a man or a woman, and you only speak to the person once a week. The relationship will not go anywhere. When you found the lady, you started talking to her, isn't it? 
Then the conversation became very more frequent, isn't it? Then it became more frequent. Then it became, then it's like now you see each other very often, isn't it? Then after that, it's like, oh, let us take our relationship to a higher, you know, can I come and see your parents? And then after you saw your parents, the parents said, okay, I have realized that this communication is getting deeper. Isn't that true? Isn't that how it went? And then after that, it's like, okay, it lets it become man and wife. Hallelujah. That's how the, the relationship with God is. Remember the Bible calls us the bride of Christ. And if it's the bride of Christ, it means that we, it's like a marriage sort of. So we have to learn how to communicate with God through prayer. Am I talking to somebody? So let us pray. Mark chapter 1 verse 35. Early in the morning, while it was still dark, Jesus got up, left the house, and went away to a secluded place and was praying there. Jesus prayed early in the morning. He left to pray. Amen. Mark chapter 6 verse 46. After bidding them farewell, he left to the mountain to pray. Amen. Luke chapter 5 verse 15 and 16. But in the news about him was spreading even further and larger crowds or large crowds were gathering to hear him and to be healed of their diseases or sicknesses. But Jesus himself would often slip away to the wilderness to pray. Amen. Jesus often slipped away to the wilderness to do what? Pray. Because he knew that the ministry was not bigger than his communication with God. The ministry was as big as his relationship or his communication or communion with God. Am I talking to somebody? Let us become people that pray. Number four, study the word. Study the word. You can never develop a relationship with anybody you don't study. The reason why a lot of marriages, a lot of relationships are dying is because they, f- finish, they forget to study each other. They don't learn each other. There's a scripture in uh, 2 Timothy 2.15. Study to show yourself approved. It means that when you study, you are approved. When you don't study, you are disapproved. Now, am I talking to somebody? So study. Listen, your, your spouse is your project. How many have written a project before? How many have done a project before? Only two people. If you have done a project before, they give you the topic, and you've got to go and do research. Hello? You do research, isn't it? Then you have to put your, your facts together. Then you have to do uh, your data, isn't it? Data collection. Then data analysis. Then you put the all of it together, then you have to write your bibliography. Isn't that how you do it? Oh, me too, I went to school some. Hallelujah. Listen, your spouse is your project. Take the data. It's a lifetime project. When you study your partner, you become approved. Do you get it? Because as she's going on in life, or as he's going on, his life, his his wants change, his moods change, his his interests change. 
as his interest is changing, you have to detect that this interest has changed. So it means you also have to change some things. Um, you don't like what I'm saying. You don't like what I'm saying. Oh, you are asleep. Don't ring the bell. If you ring the bell, you come and sit on the table. Hallelujah. Because they are your constant project that you never finish learning. You never finish learning your spouse. In the same way, you never finish learning God. Some of us, we think we have got God, we've got God sucked out. We know everything about God. We know how God operates. We know how to, to get his attention. We know how to bring him here. We know how to take him out. We know, no, 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 no. He's not your child. Hallelujah. Am I talking to somebody? Yeah, that is why we always consistently have to study God. Have to study his word. In John chapter 1, in the beginning was the word. And the word was with God. And the word was God. The word became flesh. And he dwelt among us. And we beheld him. Hallelujah. In the beginning was the word. The word was God. The word became flesh. He dwelt among us. Are you with me? It means that if he is become flesh and is dwelling among us, that means he's a present continuous. He's a living thing. Which means anything that is living, to study the living thing, you have to continually study because he's changing as he's moving. Ah, you get what I'm saying. So we need to constantly study God. Don't say that I read the Bible cover to cover so I know everything that is in it. You are lying. Because anytime you read the Bible, it shows you something different. Am I talking to somebody? So it's a, that's why we call it the living word. Because it's always it's dynamic. It's always changing. So you have to change with it. So you have to consistently study him. Amen. Am I talking to somebody? I'll give you some scriptures. Look at it at home. Second Peter 1, 3 to 4. The message Bible says that everything that goes into a life of pleasing God has been miraculously given to us by getting to know personally and intimately the one who invited us to God. The best invitation we have ever received. We were also absolutely terrific. We have also been given absolutely terrific promises to pass on to you your tickets to the participation in the life of God after you turned your back on the world, on a world corrupted by lust. Amen. Next one, quickly, my time's up. The next one is that be a doer of the word. Don't just be a listener. James chapter 1, 22 to 25, do not be a, a listener, do not be a reader of the word, do not be somebody who study or a student of the word alone, but practice what you are studying. Amen. Study the word. Amen. The next one, number six, be willing to sacrifice. Jesus said in, in Matthew 16, 24 to 25, if anyone wishes to come to me, let him deny himself. Take up his cross and follow me. Amen. Is that okay? I think I'll stop here. My time is up. Christianity without sacrifice is not Christianity. Modern day Christians, we don't like sacrificing. Are you with me? It's almost like a swear word. Sacrifice your stomach, we have a problem. 
Sacrifice your money, we have a problem. Sacrifice your time, we have a problem. It's like God should give and give and give, and we don't give anything back to him. We just receive and take. No, no. Jesus was saying that whoever desires to save his life will lose it, but whoever loses his life for my sake will find it. If you want to become somebody that has a restored relationship with God, don't just be somebody who studies the word of praise alone, but somebody who's willing to sacrifice. See, all of us, we sacrifice one way or the other. We sacrifice our time, our uh, effort, money, food, everywhere. Let that sacrifice affect your relationship with God as well. How many know that when a young man finds a young woman, when a man, when a man loves a woman, I'm not singing again. <laughs> I don't want problems. Uh, listen, find that song. What love, what's love got to do, Tina Tena? Find it for next week. Because we'll play it in church. I look at you, Pastor. Has <laughs> our pastor backslidden? <laughs> it's part of the scriptures. Hallelujah. What's love got to do with it? Let me give you number seven as, as we close. Practice the presence of God. Practice the presence of God. Practice the presence of God. Amen. How many know how to practice the presence of God? Let me show you. How many behave in a, in a certain way when your boss sits in your car? Give me a wave. If your boss came to sit in your car. How many behave in a certain way when your, your parents sit, come to visit you at home? All of a sudden, the way you talk to your, 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 your husband or your, your, your wife changes. Do you understand what I'm saying? You become extra polite. You become extra, you know, kind. You become extra nice. You start offering things that you normally don't offer. <laughs> Why? Because there is somebody present in the place. Are you getting what I'm saying? So I am trying to teach us to learn how to practice the presence of God. Be behave and think as if God is with you every time. I gave you that scripture in Psalm 139. Where shall I hide myself from God? Verse 7. Even if I go make my bed in the hell, he's there. If I climb to the hills, he's there. If I go into the sea, he's there. Hallelujah. So let's learn to practice the presence of God. <laughs> 